What's up, everybody? I hope everybody's well. I finally did it. I finally beat Metal Gear Solid 1. So now I'm going to go play Metal Gear Solid 2. Let's see how long that takes me. But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me. Punch in the mouth official on Instagram. Official underscore PITM on Twitter. Peace, guys. Later. Have a great day. say this i have recorded a um i don't want to say breakdown but like a review of the main event this past weekend i hope to have that up by the end of the week of course i'm gonna have another podcast up by the end of the week today we're really gonna just talk about the event the new WWE deal with Netflix and how I believe that can also impact the UFC with their deal with ESPN coming up in 2025. We'll get into all of that on today's episode. Again, shooting for 30 minutes. I think that's what I'm going to do from now on. If it comes in between the 25 minutes to 30 minute mark, I think I would be a happy com- camper. It's very digestible, and then eventually, if we move into the hour segment, that'd be cool. But right now, the goal is since it's two episodes a week, 30 minutes, that gives you guys an hour of content. I hope you agree on that. And if you don't, it's cool, bro. We can't agree on everything. So let's get into it. UFC 297. Let me pull it up. Let me pull it up. Let me pull it up. Drickis Duplessis defeats Sean Strickland. Raquel Pennington defeats Mayra Bueno Silva. Neil Magny defeats Mike Malat. Chris Curtis defeats Mark Andre Barolo. And then Mozart Imalbov defeats Arnold Allen. And I need to make an apology to Mozart because. I was looking at the next fight and I was calling him Mozart Imanov. I'm like, where Adrian, where did that come from? When I saw his name this weekend and they announced it, I'm like, why were you calling him Imanov? You're an idiot, but that is why. So let's get into it, guys. First of all, I don't know why Dana didn't like the that Arnold Allen fight. I thought that fight was amazing. And I'm going to be honest with you. I know I'm supposed to keep it partial, but I'm going to be honest with you guys. To me, this fight and the main event were the only fights worth our while this past weekend, honestly. And I believe the rest of the card show that the Chris Curtis Mark Andre fight wasn't that great. Uh, the Neil Magny Mike Malat, the very end was good. I'll, I'll, I'll give them that, but that's about it. But other than that, you can't tell me that Raquel Pennington versus Mike Abunasil was. I know half of you guys fell asleep because I almost fell asleep. 
And then, of course, the main event delivered. Now, let's get into it. Mozart Imalov, that guy is the man. If I'm him, I'm picking a fight with the winner of or the loser. Like, that should be his next target. One of those two guys, Brian Ortega or Yair Rodriguez, of course. They're fighting at the UFC Fight Night in Mexico. It's taking place at some point in February. So about Mozart Imalov or anybody on his team, I'll be like, hey, we're looking at that fight for our next opponent. Because he's number five right now. And, like, I understand people want to go from the top five to a title shot. But, like, you got to play it in your favor, man. You got to be like, okay, well, I took this guy out. I'm going to take this guy out. And I don't know if I said this, but you know how Carlos Omberg and Dominic Reyes were supposed to fight last weekend? And Carlos Omberg got hurt. They have been rescheduled for the Vicente Luque, um, Sean Brady fight on March 30th. So, that's a fight to look out for. I cannot wait for that fight. Again, I know Dominic Reyes has not been himself since the John Jones fight, but you can't tell me that even when he loses, that guy's fights aren't fun. So, that should be fun to watch. Chris versus versus Mark Andre. What can I say, man? Now, I will agree with Dana on that one and say that fight sucked the life out of the room, in my opinion. Mike Malat versus Neil Magny. Mike Malat had it. I think he got he got overconfident, and I think he got a little tired. So that's why Neil Magny was able to win in the end. Mounted him and beat him with like 20 seconds left. Raquel Pennington versus Mino Bueno Silva. Uh, I believe Raquel figured it out and was able to just outpace her. So there's that. Now, one thing I will say I didn't like about that fight at all is I believe Juliana Pena, or at this point Amanda Nunes, would beat her. I honestly believe that. Um, And then it was funny because Megan Olivia interviewed Amanda Nunes because she was there. And she said, I might come out of retirement. I'm like, then why did they have this fight? Unless what she's saying is what I'm not going to do. Is come back at 135 and I'll fight at 145. Then I say, okay, I get it. I get it. That's understandable. Because that means they just didn't do that for that fight for nothing, you know? Um, but let's go on the topic of Chris Cyborg and I will circle it back. In her first combat outing of 2024, Cyborg 3-0 made fast work of her latest pro boxing opponent. Kelsey Wickstrom in the main event of WFC 163 in Temecula, California. The boxing battle was scheduled for six rounds, but Cyborg needed only 81 seconds to land a walk-off knockout punch. I saw the punch. It was insane. Now, going back to what was said um, about Amanda Nunes, remember last week when I said if Amanda Nunes stays retired, there's no reason for Kayla Harrison or Chris Cyborg to even remotely look at the UFC. Well, she's already teasing a comeback. So now there's a reason for Chris Cyborg and Kayla Harrison to remotely look at the UFC. Everything I said last week, if 
Amanda Nunez is in play because I know Chris Cyborg's already talked about that it's probably time for her to go back to the UFC because she has that a lot of things that bother her about Dana White go. She let a lot of that stuff go. So I wonder if she's like, okay, it's time for me to go back because I will hold the notion, even though Chris is getting up there in age, I believe she's 38. How old is she? She is 38. When's her birthday? Hold on. I'll find it right now. Her birthday's in June, so she's going to be 39 this year. It has to happen this year, man, because I can't tell you that I see Chris Cyborg still fighting at 40 this way. I mean, she's still knocking people out, man. Like, I don't know. But I will maintain the notion that Chris beat herself because Chris got rocked in that fight. And she rushed her, which is something till this day. I wish if I get a chance to ask her, I would like, why did you rush in that fight? I was there. Why did you rush that fight? Like if she would have just jabbed her and like played the long game, I honestly believe at least that version of Amanda, because that's when Amanda was blitzing everybody. Now Amanda, she fights a little more calm, a little more tamed. So. That version of Amanda that she fought that time, she could have beat her. I don't know about now. Now could be a different fight. She probably could, maybe could still beat her, but that's my opinion on the thing. Hold on. I'm trying to see if I can find the statement of what Chris Cyborg said that she wants to return to the UFC. So let me see if I can find that. Look right here. Chris Cyborg eyes potential return to the UFC to fight Amanda Nunes. So let's see. The combat sports world collectively held its breath in June of 2023 when Amanda, the Latinx Nunes, the undisputed queen of the UFC bantamweight and featherweight divisions, announced her retirement, citing a desire to focus on her family, life, and other endeavors. Nunes left a void in the women's MMA landscape that felt impossible to fill. Her reign of dominance, punctuated by two divisions, Punctuated by two division championship gold and victories over nearly every top contender, cemented her as arguably the greatest female fighter of all time. But in a recent interview, whispers of a potential newness comeback had begun as well. Social media posted hinting at unfinished business business as she sees herself as a champion. Eamon Dana White himself acknowledged the possibility of a return has fueled this speculation. Could the Latinx be tempted back into the octagon? I mean, like, I'm not reading anything, but, like, why would she? Like, the only thing I can think of is that she's fucking bored. She's bored already of what she's doing. She's like, I need to go fight. That's the only thing I can think of. Goes on, the reasons for her comeback are compelling. Still in her prime at 35 minutes, left with little reproof. Having already conquered two weight classes, her will to test the fight and test herself against the best fighters in the world is something that she still strives for even during retirement. The unfinished business with certain rivals, particularly Chris Cyborg, might prove too alluring to resist. Speaking of Cyborg, the Brazilian featherweight legend wasted no time in reacting to the rumors of Nunez's return. In a recent interview, Cyborg issued a blistering challenge declaring, I am 10-0. That night in 2018, if Amanda Nunes returns, maybe it's time Chris Cyborg returns to the UFC. I mean, that shows you that Chris has a problem with the way she fought. And I'm telling you, Jason, I was going to call him Chris Perillo. Jason Perillo has said the same thing that I've been saying. 
that that chick beat herself. Um, alluding to Chris Cyborg, that she beat herself. Okay, like I don't understand what possessed that girl to blitz her when she was clearly rocked. But let's move on from that. Let's move on to the main event. Drickis Duplessis defeats Sean Strickland. Okay. I'm just going to say this. I want to know what these judges were thinking. And again, my gripe is not with the fact that Drickis won. Congratulations to Drickis. He deserves it. He's a phenomenal fighter. My gripe is what are these judges judging, bro? Because clearly I saw Sean Strickland win rounds one and two. Clearly three and four went to Drickis. I mean, yes, three, yes, what I'm saying is right. And then clearly Sean Strickland won round five. Look, the clear rounds are rounds one and five for Sean and three and four for Drickis. I don't understand how you give Drickis the second round. And then one judge gave Sean the third round. Like, what the fuck are you guys looking at, bro? What is it? Tell me what it is so I can. I want to understand. That's what I want. I want to understand so I can sit here and go like, okay, this is why they did this. But we don't hold these judges to accountability. Like, I believe the judges, if not have them sit at a media scrum, have a journalist that the commission trusts and you go in there and you can question them. And like, let's say, for example, let's use me in the, in the, in this scenario. If I go to Andy Foster and I tell him, Andy, I need to talk to Sal Diamato and why he scored this 10-9 round two for Drickies. I'm not saying this happened, but I'm using Andy Foster because I live in California and he's the head guy of the California State Athletic Commission. He goes, no problem, Adrian. Just you can do whatever you need to do. Write whatever you need to write. Record whatever you need to record. Just do me this favor and it can't come out until a month from now. Deal. Doesn't matter when we get it. It does not matter. If you need the fire to die down because people are upset or whatever. And this is just me. Bouncing an idea off the top of my head. It doesn't need to come out right away, in my opinion. What it needs is it needs to be out there. That this is why I did this. This is why. And the reason I say they should do it like that is because the commission trusts this person. And there's an agreement between the commission and the journalist. Like, yo, I'm here just to get the information and put it out there. I have no ulterior motives. I have nothing of the sort of that. That's what I feel should happen, but that's just me, bro. Like, that's just me. I don't know what the how to fix this problem, but it needs to be fixed, in my opinion. Okay. Other than that, the fight was phenomenal. What's next for these guys? I'm telling you guys. I know there's rumors of Adrikis and Israel fighting at UFC 300. I know Hamza is out there saying the UFC promised me a title shot with my win over Kamar Usman. Those are two very real scenarios, but I'm going to tell you what, I I don't care about any of that. I don't care about any of that because I believe Sean Strickland got screwed. I believe Sean Strickland deserves a rematch. Give him his rematch. That fight was phenomenal. 
and he he cites a headbutt for the reasoning of him slowing down because he claims that Drickus didn't even touch him until the blood started flowing out of him. But that that's beyond the point. Like this fight, if there's any fight that deserves an immediate rematch, like I'm gonna be honest with you, nobody loves Cody Garbrandt more than me. But that guy did not deserve a rematch against TJ Dillashaw after losing at MSG and then they run it back at, at in LA. Like what? If there's anybody that deserves a rematch, it's Sean Strickland. But middleweight is so stacked that they're not gonna do it right away. Like, come on, man. Come on, man. He deserves it. We all know he deserves it, okay? We all know he deserves it. He outlanded Drickus in mostly all the rounds. Drickus had good takedowns. I will say this, and I believe it was the third round. I have no idea why Sean initiated that body lock. I don't know why. I don't know why. He was winning that round, and he initiates a body lock, and then that's where Drickus took over. Like, after that, it was over. Drickus took over, and it was it, man. It was it. But let's move on from this. That was this past weekend. There's no UFC fights this week. I honestly believe it's because of the Royal Rumble. But speaking of WWE, Netflix strikes a $5 billion deal to become global home of WWE Raw from 2025. Okay, so what does this do? Deal replaces existing contract with NBC Universal in the U.S. Global Elements sees Netflix effectively replace WWE Network. Deal starts in January of 2025. Now, my only question becomes because the Peacock deal runs out in 2026, does that mean that they're going to get PLEs? Let me see. Netflix has agreed to a 10-year deal worth $5 billion with WWE to become the exclusive global broadcaster of Monday Night Raw, including in the U.S. from 2025. The deal is by far and away Netflix's biggest investment in live sports and marks the first time in 31 years. In its 31-year history that Raw, traditionally considered the WWE flagship show, won't be available on linear television. Now, the reason this is such a big deal, like... This is the first one, right? Like, you can say, oh, well, the NFL does it. Um, NHL does it. Um, NBA does it. No, they don't. Because NFL, yes, some of their games are on Peacock. But for the most part, it's still on linear TV. Like, this is the first sports entity that is going to be exclusive to a streaming service. Now, is this the future? Like, this, they, they were the first ones. Like, one thing everybody needs to keep in mind is, I believe, when did WWE Network launch? I believe WWE Network launched before Netflix. Now, it's going away, but keep in mind, TKO is the major player here. So, I believe Ari Emanuel did not want to do that. So, let's see when WWE Network launched. February 14th. Of 2014, at uh, 24 of 2014, that was the launch day of WB Network. Now I'm gonna check the launch day of Netflix. See, it tells me in 2007, but the that version of Netflix is not the version of Netflix we have today. Let's see, when did Netflix start streaming? Look, 
So this shows it. So I said 2014 for WWE Network. Netflix started streaming on January 6, 2016. Okay. So look, they're the first ones again. Again. Going full um, streaming platform. WWE. The 10 year partnership will put Raw on the streaming platform in the US, Canada, Britain, and Latin America, among other territories. The company. The company says Netflix will also exclusively telecast outside the U.S. all WWE shows and specials, including SmackDown, as well as pay-per-view live events such as WrestleMania and the Royal Rumble. Now, that that becomes the question, right? Because right now, the one that does that is Peacock, right? And that deal runs out on 2026. But one thing to keep in mind is the USA Network isn't out of the business with WWE. They paid so much money for SmackDown because who is out of WWE business is Fox because come October, the Fox deal ends. So they're going back to the US Network. And that's why they were looking for a new show for Raw because NBC paid so much money for SmackDown. They're like, okay, we can't keep Raw though. So. But they are thriving, bro. So there's that. But now the question becomes, once 2026 arrives, what are they going to do? Does Netflix go in? Because there has to be language in this deal stating that once the Peacock, if they can't reach an agreement with Peacock, Netflix has to have first dibs, right? And I believe this deal with WWE is going to hold a lot of weight with where the UFC goes. Can you imagine the UFC on Netflix? Think about this, guys. Just think about it. Because if Netflix is going to have all the premium events outside of the US, and Peacock already does it with the WWE now, can you imagine one of these guys getting the UFC and going, okay, we'll give you so much money, but you're not going to put anything behind a paywall. UFC 2305 or fucking 400 by then it'll be an exclusive live event on our on our streaming platform can you imagine the joy that fans will feel and like they're not gonna care to pay $15 a month because they're still winning because outside of that like think about it look how much ESPN plus is right now look how much it is of course ESPN is gonna fight tooth and nail to keep this right Look how much it is right now that you're still paying $80 on top of that for the pay-per-views. Whereas that was one of their gripes with with the Fox deal. Like Fox didn't want them to do pay-per-views anymore. Fox wanted to re-sign them. But what Fox wanted is for the, the big events to go on. Big Fox, which I don't know, here is Channel 11. And, like, the UFC was like, what? No. So, we'll see, man. We we will see. We will see. But that's all I got for you guys. It wasn't exactly 30 minutes, but we got close to it. But have a great day, guys. Make sure you follow me. Punch the mouth official on Instagram. Official underscore P-A-T-M on Twitter. Peace, guys. Later.